Given the recent discovery of 751 unmarked graves at the site of a former Saskatchewan residential school, it's more appropriate to begin this month's show with acknowledgement of the atrocity before getting into the actual episode. Many of us are still processing the news as it came nearly one month to the day of the 215 children's bodies discovered at the site of a Kamloops residential school. Some experts say this is just the beginning. In the field of journalism, you're taught to compartmentalize, to keep personal feelings at bay in order to report objectively. Today, upon this news of the most recent discovery, I feel a tremendous sense of guilt and shame, and of course, sorrow. I also acknowledge that no matter how I feel, it pales in comparison to the decades of pain and anguish suffered by Canada's First Peoples. I want to take some special time this month to recognize that our show is recorded on Treaty 7 land. In the spirit of respect, reciprocity, and truth, we honor and acknowledge Mokinsis and the traditional Treaty 7 territory and oral practices of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Siksika, Kainai, the Pikani, the Stony Nakoda and Sutina Nations. We acknowledge that this territory is home to the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3, within the historical Northwest Métis homeland. Finally, we acknowledge all nations, Indigenous and non, who live, work and play on this land and who honour and celebrate this territory. This is Live Wired in Calgary. Welcome to the June edition of Live Wired in Calgary. I'm your host, Darren Krause, editor at LiveWireCalgary.com. This show is brought to you in partnership with the team here at CJSW 90.9 FM. And once again, it's recorded on traditional Treaty 7 land. We're going to talk a little bit more about reconciliation with provincial money set aside to research former residential school sites here in Alberta and the city unveiling a trio of banners with art from a local Indigenous artist. We'll dovetail that into Canada Day celebrations and details on how Calgarians can celebrate this year. We'll talk about mask bylaws and the conflicting July 1st and 5th dates as well. You'll also hear from two young Calgary women and their thoughts on how, as mayors, they would make the city a better place to live. We are in the midst of a heat wave right now, so I hope you're staying cool out there. Let's get started. Last week, Premier Jason Kenney and Indigenous Relations Minister Rick Wilson announced $8 million for research into the undocumented deaths and burials at Alberta's residential schools. Premier Kenney noted that Alberta had more residential schools than any of the other provinces or territories. 25 of them operated in our province between 1872 and 1975. The money will be available to Indigenous communities and organizations to gather oral history from elders to do community engagement on what they should do with the respective burial sites, the use of ground-penetrating radar and access to experts, and to create a memorial or commemorative installation. Let's hear from Enoch Cree Chief Billy Morin on the announcement. 
I was at a uh, our culture camp, Muskegsi culture camp, that's Enoch Cremation, this morning, and I was sitting in ceremony, uh, praying for this uh, announcement that uh, I get to be a part of, and in that ceremony, there were three boys, probably seven, eight years old, and uh, I watched them. I watched them in that ceremony. And uh, you can tell one of them has never been in that ceremony before. And um, I just had to say how proud I was. I, I, I had to speak in that ceremony and I had to say how proud I was of them being there. And how fortunate they were to be there. How this space wasn't created um, for a long time for them. And I was watching them. And um, the boy who has never even been in that ceremony, he... he he gave up his seat for somebody next to him who was a little bit older. Had a, he was sitting on a cushion. He said, oh, take my cushion. And um, just watching those boys in ceremony and how inherently their respect and Nehel Komatsu and Nehel worldview spirit lives in them. Um, and how maybe uh, I told them I didn't get to grow up like this. This opportunity wasn't afforded to me like how it is today. And it certainly wasn't afforded to their ancestors who went to residential school. And so it's a good day today. Uh, I don't think things are coincidence all the time. Those young boys uh, in that ceremony gave me a lot of hope. And today the announcement from our friends at the province uh, gave me a lot of hope too. I'm 34 and what I always say when I talk about residential schools, I never went to residential school. Um, my mom and dad never went to residential school. But when the 2.15 came out, 12 o'clock at night, uh, Nohkam Chapan, who's 81, called me at 12 o'clock at night. She never calls me. And she just needed to talk. And it was a good talk. But she just she said she needed to talk to someone, and she called me. I told her, I'm just very, very fortunate that you were a cycle breaker um, your son was a cycle breaker, and I'll just continue the work to be the best cycle breaker of uh, abuse and the wrongfulness that was done to you and all of our relations. With this announcement today, um, that story never ends. It keeps going. And uh, those open wounds are very much open at this time with Kamloops uh, and things that are going around the country right now. And we can forget about our differences at times like these and whether you're a representative of the provincial crown or you're an Edmontonian or you're a government bureaucrat or you're from the Métis settlement or you're a chief from Treaty 6 or 7 or 8 or you're a survivor, we're still all treaty people. We all come together to do the right by, just to do right by uh, those, those young people. Nothing I can say in addition would do justice to the topic. What I will say is if you haven't been taking reconciliation seriously, it's time to start. You can do so by looking at the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report and Calgary's White Goose Flying report. Also, take some time to look into three banners that are soon to be unveiled at Calgary City Hall, done by Kellum Tiki Dan, who is an Indigenous artist here in Calgary, and his past, present, and future banners that appear at City Hall.
fresh off a youth summit that invited local young people to begin a conversation on what they're expecting from a future Calgary, we've got the ideas of two young women who were Calgary's mayors for a day last week. Yes, Mayor Nenshi got a bit of a break as William D. Pratt, grade 9 student Kennedy Berger, and John G. Diefenbaker, grade 10 student Tanisha Dosani, took some meetings for him and shared their thoughts with city administration. Students across Calgary through Youth Central and the Mayor's Youth Council were invited to submit an essay on three things they would do to make Calgary a better place to live. We'll hear from co-mayor Kennedy Berger first. I'm very excited to be here, so thank you so much, Mayor Nenshi. My three ideas, my main idea is about the fine arts. As Mayor Nenshi mentioned, I've been a competitive dancer for 10 years, and I think that by creating more accessibility to the fine arts is a really great way to make Calgary more vibrant and to give aspiring artists opportunities to grow. I would like to see some of the office spaces, the vacant office spaces downtown, be a arts program that we can put in there and not only dance studios being in there but places that people can express art in many different forms, music, painting, taking a, maybe a spray painting wall so that we can take vandalism off the streets. And so that was the fine arts portion. And I also would like to see recycling become more accessible because I just walking downtown and in the core, I see just trash and, you know, recyclables on the side of the ground. And I think it's important that to make clean, that we have more recycling bins and more accessibility to recycling opportunities. Also, my next point is about homeless people and also creating those vacant office spaces into homes that they can, that homeless people can move into and get the help that they need and get them off the streets because we are all people and we all need opportunities to be safe and have a loving home. Also, it'd be a great opportunity for single moms, single dads, single parents in general to have a place where they can raise their kid in a safe environment rather than being on the street or in an abusive situation. So all around it would just be very, very helpful because like you said, we all deserve a warm, safe place to be in and yeah, thank you. Here's co-mayor Tanisha Dosani. Um, my three ideas were surrounding, as he mentioned, street harassment, xenophobia in Calgary, especially surrounding the COVID situation, and lastly, increasing walkability and bicycle paths um, in Calgary to combat the effects of climate change. So I'll start with my first point. So I decided to talk about street harassment uh, because the first time I got catcalled, I was with my 10-year-old sister and um, she obviously didn't know what was going on because she's only 10 and um, I just I found that a really bad situation to be in especially since we were both so young so um, my ideas to fix street harassment in Calgary um, kind of surrounded firstly creating a bylaw that would penalize this act this act of uh, catcalling uh, propositioning all, all of that um, my second action as a mayor would be to kind of create safe words in um, in restaurants where where um, if a woman felt uh, uh, sorry unsafe 
with somebody she was with, uh, whether it be a man or anybody else, she could go into the washroom and there would be kind of like a fake order you could say to a server if you felt that you were being put in an unsafe situation. So like for example, you could say like, can I order a chocolate donut? The a restaurant wouldn't really have that, but it would let servers know that you're in an unsafe situation and you need to get out. And I felt that this would kind of help create a safe environment around the city so that women could feel like they were safe no matter they, where they went. Um, my, next, um, my next point was surrounding the rise of xenophobia in Calgary after the start of the coronavirus pandemic. So as we all know, coronavirus has obviously brought us all together, but it's also created new divisions within communities, especially um, with East Asian communities. So personally, I've seen with a lot of my friends and also all over the news, um, East Asian communities are getting targeted because of the, because of, um, the, the whereabouts of the virus, but obviously they're not responsible for that. So I believe that the first step to solving ignorance, to get, getting past that, is providing a, um, education to them. So as a mayor, I would hold community sessions where uh, participants could talk with East Asian communities to kind of share experiences and get bonding between them so that we could kind of move past this ignorance and misunderstanding to build a stronger and more um, a community like Calgary. And lastly, my last point was um, to increase walkability in Calgary. Um, my generation, we, we, were, we are going to be the ones most impacted by the effects of climate change, especially how, rapid, how rapidly it's going. Like, um, I think currently we're on track for five degrees warming, which would be catastrophic. So as consumers, obviously, we don't, we don't, have, um, we don't have as much power as big corporations do, but we can still try and make a difference. So for that, I would propose increasing pathways and bicycle paths so the uh, citizens of Calgary could get more active and get where they need to go using more sustainable methods such as walking or, or riding a bike or scootering. And not only would this help combat the effects of climate change, like the amount of carbon dioxide that is like, uh, released into the air, but it would also help Calgarians get healthier and, and create a better lifestyle for them. So those are my three points. Thank you so much. It's nice to see Calgary youth taking such an active role in shaping the city. And they had some good ideas too, I might add. Canada Day is up this Thursday, and after the 2020 celebrations were put on hold, the city of Calgary is slowly ramping things back up this year. While there won't be any big outdoor festivals to ring in our nation's birthday, they have done a couple of things to add a bit of joy for thousands of Calgarians. The city partnered with several organizations to create the Canada Day Fun at Home kits. They have bubbles, beach balls, sidewalk chalk, plant seeds, and temporary tattoos so the whole family can get involved. Those are available at Calgary Public Libraries before July 1st while supplies last. There's also an online kit at calgary.ca slash Canada Day with all sorts of goodies you can access. The city's also partnered with CJSW 90.9 FM for 17 hours of Canadian programming. That programming will cover a wide range of artists in a wide range of genres. Finally, there will be a fireworks show beginning at 11 p.m. The fireworks will be launched from Tom Campbell's Hill on the north side of downtown Calgary. 
Mayor Nenshi said most Calgarians should have a decent view if they can see the downtown from their location. But if I were you here, I would keep an eye on the latest developments on this. If conditions are too dry, they may be forced to cancel. Further, there is some concern with the discovery of the 751 unmarked graves that perhaps this is not the year to celebrate with fireworks and other joyous occasions. The mayor, in fact, said this year was a time for reflection on Canada's past and ongoing reconciliation with Canada's First Peoples. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, thanks for that question. I think that we can hold multiple thoughts in our head at the same time. So, you know, for me, I'm deeply committed to anti-racism. I'm deeply committed to reconciliation with Indigenous peoples. But I also love Canada Day. And I think that's okay to hold all of those thoughts in your head at the same time. You know, when I think about my own family's story, as a religious and ethnic minority, as we would be anywhere in the world, we would never be in the majority wherever we were. I can't imagine another place where we could have accomplished what we've accomplished here in Canada. I grew up with refugees from places like Uganda and Vietnam, and I think there's a lot to celebrate about the stories of success in this country. But there's a lot of work to be done. And so there's nothing wrong with using Canada Day as a celebration, but also as a moment of reflection, a moment of education. You know, Canada Day be a great day to sign up for the Indigenous Canada course that everyone's taking offered by the University of Alberta. But I think most important, let's use Canada Day this year as a commitment, as an opportunity for us to commit to the promise of Canada, to a better post-pandemic future, to true reconciliation, to move towards anti-racism. And as those fireworks go off, let's use that as a symbol of what we are, what we are capable of. So, you know, I, I very much respect the folks who want to cancel Canada Day, but that's not where I'm at. I'm at using this as an opportunity to build an even better country and celebrate what we have built. We'll go to our next segment this month with Premier Jason Kenney and Mayor Nahed Nenshi in dueling comments on whether or not there would be confusion on differing mask mandates. The province is set to remove the mandatory masking July 1st with the Stage 3 reopening. Alberta's Chief Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, said that the rules would remain in effect for transit, taxis and rideshares, and some medical and continuing care facilities. When asked at a recent press conference about Calgary's decision to review their mask bylaw, the Premier had this to say. Well, I think it's unfortunate. Our government has tried to work closely with municipalities uh, to keep our approach to uh, COVID uh, consistent across the province. I've uh, conveyed that repeatedly uh, to Mayor Nenshi. I don't think it's helpful for different governments to adopt different and conflicting policies. I think that can only lead to confusion in the uh, general public when what we need instead is clarity. The province has offered that clarity with a reopening plan that is based on the expert advice of our Chief Medical Officer for Health and her expert team based on a careful analysis of the data here and across the world. As Dr. Hinshaw underscored yesterday, uh, she is confident in the plan that she developed based on the high and growing levels of vaccination, population protection, 
and the continuing uh, decline in COVID numbers uh, that we are seeing across our province. As she said yesterday, uh, there is no known variant which she sees as posing a risk for significant increases in severe outcomes, including hospitalizations. I would point out, Rick, that uh, Calgary is actually well ahead of the province uh, provincial average on vaccination. We have now have 76% of eligible Calgarians have received at least a first dose. I believe that by Canada Day, by Freedom Day, in our Open for Summer plan, that we'll be at close to 40% fully vaccinated which is a higher level of population protection. Uh, the mayor told me at one point he didn't want people in the New York Times seeing Albert, uh, Albertans at the Calgary Stampede without masks. Well, guess what? Andrew, uh, Governor Cuomo just lifted the statewide mask mandate in New York based on a 70% first dose metric, which is the same metric that we've had in Alberta uh, for the chief medical officers open for summer plan. So um, all I can tell you is the government of Alberta is following the uh, expert advice of our chief medical officer instead of following angry voices on Twitter. And I would encourage um, every municipality uh, to respect the expert advice that we are receiving and to uh, uh, not confuse the public, but rather maintain uh, consistency between the provincial and municipal governments. I think that's the best way uh, forward. And here's a response to a question about that potential for confusion to Mayor Nahed Nenshi. Listen, I don't have that kind of contempt for citizens. I don't think people are so dumb that they won't know that there's a difference in different cities. Certainly it was like that all last summer and we were absolutely fine. So I've got a lot of faith in citizens that they will understand and do what's right. Uh, and in fact, I, I find it insulting when people say people will be confused. People aren't dumb. <laughs> they know what the rules are. And, um, and in any case, you know, the, the cases are different in Calgary. We have more than half of the Delta variant in the city. It's doubling every 10 days. And we have inconsistent rates of second dose vaccination across the city. And remember, any neighborhood in the city, any particular health zone in the city would itself be the third or fourth largest city in Canada and in Alberta rather. So we got to be we got to be smart and we got to be careful and we got to look at local issues. You know, Dr. Hinshaw has to make decisions based on what's right for the whole province. But she has told us we have to make decisions for what's right for the city. And I'm happy to continue to do that. And look, I think most Albertans, if you ask them, especially most Calgarians, if you ask them, would point out that the province really hasn't gotten the timing or the nature of the decisions right very often during this pandemic. They tend to put up restrictions too late. They tend to take them down too early. Our third wave was, in fact, the highest infection rates in the world. And so I think that a lot of Calgarians would see that a little bit of prudence uh, makes sense here because nobody wants to go back to more lockdowns. While confusion may not be the right word, there will be those who see it as a case where the province dictates July 1st, so they'll remove their masks. Others will wait for the city rules to come and they'll make their decision. Where it becomes an issue is when different businesses and retail locations are forced to be the arbiter of the different dates. Given the past as a predictor of the future, my worry is the potential for conflict in these situations. One can only hope cooler heads prevail and we can get past this final hurdle in our pandemic journey. We're going to squeeze in one last segment here. 
Calgary Emergency Management Agency Chief Sue Henry spoke with Calgarians last week about the upcoming heat wave. Now, Calgary has seen temperatures in the 30s before, but not like this, not in the upper 30s for an extended period of time. So here is a public service message from Calgary Emergency Management Agency Chief Sue Henry. With this unprecedented heat wave forecast for Alberta, we want to sure ensure that Calgarians are kept informed and safe. Sustained temperatures over 30 degrees is something we're not used to and we need to take some special precautions. First, I'd like to talk about some personal actions that Calgarians should take to ensure that they stay healthy through this period. Drink plenty of water before you feel thirsty to decrease your risk of dehydration. Have cool drinks in your vehicle and keep your gas tank topped up. Wear sunscreen and dress appropriately for the weather by wearing loose fitting clothing and a brimmed hat. Also consider UVA and UVB protected sunglasses. If you can avoid working or exercising in the heat and humidity, please do so. If it cannot be avoided, be sure to take regular breaks, drink lots of water and maintain salt levels in your body and avoid high protein foods. If you are outside, Ensure you're sheltered as possible with either shade or you take regular indoor breaks. Try to keep your home as cool as possible. Close your curtains and blinds during the day. And if you have an air conditioner, now is the time to make sure that it is working properly. For room air conditioning units, ensure that it is venting correctly outside of your house. Turn your furnace fan on to help circulate the cool air from your basement. Open windows in the evening to cool your house. If you have fans, put them near your window to draw in that cooler air in the evening. If it is safe to do so, sleep in the lower levels of your home where it may be cooler. And avoid using your oven to cook. It's a great time to support some of those local restaurants with takeaway. If your home is too hot or uncomfortable, take cool showers or baths or go to a park or shaded area. And consider a break from the heat by going to public spaces that have air conditioning. Tune in regularly to the local forecasts so you know when to take extra care. Although we don't have any indication of imminent storms, extreme temperatures can cause thunderstorms, so we'll want to stay aware in case conditions change quickly. Remember, heat stroke is a medical emergency, and if you experience any symptoms like extreme nausea or lightheadedness, call 911 immediately. As a municipality, we have been preparing. We've been working with our agency partners to ensure the necessary supports and coordination are in place for Calgarians. Our friends at NMAX are anticipating that with the forecasted period of prolonged hot weather, Calgary may come close to its previous summer peak for energy consumption, which was 1,692 megawatts reached in August of 2018. It used to be common for Calgary's electricity consumption to peak in the winter, but with increasing the increasingly trend is towards summer peaks as we use more air conditioners and fans to try to cool ourselves. NMAX has one of the most reliable electricity systems in North America, and they will continue to monitor the weather closely over the coming weeks. At the city, we are deploying water wagons to a few locations around the city and these are vehicles that we can position to provide cool drinking water to Calgarians. Please bring a reusable water bottle with you to access these water wagons. 
In addition to this, we have turned on 22 seasonal water fountains last week in anticipation of the heat and all operational city fountains in parks are expected to be turned on by tomorrow. These fountains are located in most destination parks where there is parking and other amenities. We have added an additional four fountains since last season and the water fountains for our canine friends have also been turned on. All operational spray parks, splash pads and wading pools are open for the season. Please remember that current capacity is limited. Signage will be in place with the capacity and offering reminders of the physical distancing requirements due to COVID. We are creating a map on calgary.ca that will show all of the pools, splash parks, and spots where Calgarians can cool off. So please visit the website tomorrow to help you plan for the coming days. The city also continues to assess what supplies we may need on hand to ensure that we're prepared for the coming days. And this includes things like water bottles and water supply. We also continue to monitor feedback from our agency members and community members. And we do have plans in place to activate additional cooling centers or cooling buses if needed in the coming days. That's it for another month of Live Wired in Calgary. Thank you so much for joining me this month. If you are going to hit the Calgary Stampede this summer, please do so safely and with respect for others. We'll be able to report back to you on how that turns out in our next show. In the meantime, stay cool and hydrated out there, Calgary. We'll catch you in a month. Bye for now. (laughs) 